dogs in the yard Might need a guard Every loss taken to heart Me first, that cannot be Must be these underdog episodes, see? Feeling much better, so suddenly Under the Monica, Monica G Crafted at night while all of them sleep I won't look a fool Taking this tool, defeating the opposition around me No, no, I'm not sorry Yes, I'm taking this knowledge and party Just barking, no harm, don't be startled Yes, I'm taking the title And it's so vital Thanks for the ride, I'll never be idle Turn up the dial, it's about to get wild And the points go Dallas the underdog bite down up at the day and the night now easy as flying a kite now come take a look at it right now Dallas the underdog bite down up at the day and the night now easy as flying a kite now come take a look at it right now hey everyone welcome to episode 141 of Dynasty Underdog I'm your host Jariah Dawkins with me tonight Billy Beeman what's up man not much dude just you know getting ready for the draft we're, we're so close now it's i'm uh, we're empty in the notebooks like we're already into it like let's you know i'm excited dude i am too and you know this last week has been well i've been on vacation but just kind of like really gearing up for like the actual i'm kind of kind of trying to wrap up all the like uh prospect stuff you know that's skill position dynasty fantasy related itself and like really kind of dig more into like my own like nfl team a little bit more so like i'm trying to wrap that up so that's where it all started for me too was just you know Who's my team going to take in the first? Who's my team going to take in the second? So I'm trying to get more familiar with my own personal teams. Kind of a, you know, it's a, it's a juggling act, but I'm, I'm trying to be more Dallas Cowboys centric this last week. But no, I totally hear that. I actually, uh, I have a podcast. The, the Patriots uh, organization they have a great media team, and they they have a podcast that's been going on for I mean since the the first part of the dynasty. So these guys have been doing it forever and they're amazing. And they kind of do the whole, they do like essentially an NFL real, ver- they do like a mini version of, of the beast of, you know, uh, Dan Bugler's the beast or whatever, where he, for the athletic yes. where he breaks down like everything. So, you know, I've been getting into it too, but for me also this past weekend, just, you know, we were talking about it before we hopped on here with, with our, our wide receiver model and just kind of trying to wrap those things up too, as far as like, you know, the final cu- couple film reviews that, that I need to do, or, you know, we're going to be finishing off our rankings as a, as a podcast and get those out there. So it's just, you know, some of the organizational kind of nuts and bolts stuff, getting, getting it done, wrapping it up. It seems like, you know, just a few weeks ago, I'm like, Oh, I got plenty of time to finish this out. And I'm like, Oh, it's, it's here. Like, Dude, I thought so it. too. I was like, I'm going to really, I'm going to do a video on every one of these prospects. And I'm like, Holy crap. There's not enough time anymore. There's no time. I'm, I was doing like, I'm recording like three a day and trying to get them out, but there's just so much content to produce and so much we're doing that, um, you know, it's a, uh, I think I need to get it going a little earlier next year to to get it out to the people. But um, yeah, refining that process every year. That's what we do. <laughs> yes, it's getting better every year, I think. Well, top on it, news and nonsense. There's very little news this time of year, but there is some news. Let's talk about it. So I guess the biggest one is Jalen Hurts. He got the bag. The bag. The one. The was it 255 mil? Yeah. Is that what it was? Know, some, something crazy? It doesn't matter. I mean, yeah. The dude just got absolutely paid. It's awesome to see obviously for dynasty just kind of solidifies his position as one of the top quarterbacks who also has sustainability stability right with an organization so to me it's just more evidence that they're totally with him he's their guy and he should remain right up at the top of the ranks and if he improves any more as a passer he should only keep going up in the ranks really yeah uh big miss for me on him i'd really just they've had so much draft capital the last couple of Drafts, I really didn't think that Hurts would. It's it's hard to project, you know, someone to grow that well, but 
he, he's a stud and he got paid like one. So I'm pretty happy for him. Well, meanwhile, Lamar Jackson still doesn't have a deal. I don't understand. <laughs> it's, it doesn't, yeah, it, it doesn't quite make sense. I'm not sure what's going on there. We heard reports about, you know, him having like a $200 million deal and, and a lot of that money being guaranteed in some, some form or another. But uh, that that's clearly not the case. I think he would probably be taking something like that. Or maybe he has his eyes set on, you know, I want to be paid more than Deshaun Watson because I deserve it. And who knows? But yeah, that is a wild situation. I don't know what to think of it other than just buy low on Lamar Jackson. <laughs> oh, he's got OBJ there now. Or the, probably, the, probably the ghost I of. I don't know if you heard uh, Jagger and I hop on talk about that, but we we're, we were pretty lukewarm on it. I mean, I, I think he oh, saw yeah. a little bit more as a piece to to attract Lamar, but I I almost don't I almost wonder if it does the opposite. Like really that's all you're gonna get me? Like just the, like old and busted bro you know, OBJ? Like Yeah, it's not two thousand eighteen or whatever anymore. I think I saw like, you know, his average yards per game is like hasn't broken over fifty in his last, you know, three seasons have been playing. So But it's a big name. So there's that. Trey Lance trade rumors. I mean we I don't think there's a single topic we've talked about more this offseason than those stupid San Francisco quarterbacks, but here we are. They yeah. keep popping up. They keep popping up. I mean, they're, they're fielding calls for Trey Lance now, and they're saying that Brock Purdy is their likely starter. I mean, but this is a topic that kind of needs to be discussed. I feel like I saw somebody talking on Twitter the other day being like, I, you're, you're kidding yourself if you think it's going to be Purdy by Trey Lance. And they're telling you everything but that. So yeah, like a lot of things are coach speak and whatnot, but this one just feels a little more real to me. So I, I don't know if like, if somebody's willing to buy Trey Lance off of me at this point, I, I'm probably going to be listening to whatever that offer is, as long as it's not, you know, a third round pick or something. I, I might entertain whatever, whatever we're talking about there. Yeah. I think that is probably the, the smart move, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire and, uh, there's just been so much of it now. It's really hard for me to still wrap my head around mystery relevant earning the job over a guy they spent three first for. So I don't know if that's like a, a Shanahan sucks at I've seen, you know, people talk about like Shanahan, you know, he gets a pass on a lot of things because so he's a really good like coach, right? He gets the best out of all those players. But maybe when it comes to like talent evaluation, maybe you know, kick him out of the room or something, but was he there when they brought in Debo and Ayuk in them? I don't remember. Um, <laughs> maybe. I, yeah, <laughs> but I they, mean, did, I, they drafted I, Trey Sermon, and then they ended up starting Elijah Mitchell, who was also, you know, drafted like four rounds later, or whatever it was. It's something insane like that. They made Trey Sermon an active week one. I know you remember that because we we drafted, <laughs> we drafted him, him. <laughs> <laughs> or we had him in our, on our Debbie roster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Uh, yeah, there might be something to that for sure. That that said, with Brock Purdy, I mean it's it's hard to get over the Mr. Irrelevant thing for sure. But then you go and you look at you know the Commanders, and they're they're talking about Sam Howell as their future starter. So you know, not Sam Howell's not Mr. Irrelevant, but he's also what a fifth round pick. Mm, I forget later. At least. Later, I mean he's he's like a day three pick for sure. So like. I think it's not not it's like becoming more common necessarily, but I think teams are willing to give these guys who who actually perform well a chance, right? Like they're saying that I mean they obviously the draft can change for the commanders and if they go and they get a you know a deal on somebody, they're going to take it, no doubt about it. But 
I don't know. It just seems like they're more willing to give players a chance these days, regardless of draft capital, if they're if they're able to perform. Now, are they more replaceable? Always. Now we always talk about that. So I'm not buying into <laughs> I'm not buying into either of these guys, but I definitely see that they are moving on from Lance here. In my opinion, that's what it seems like. It does seem like so? Yeah, Sam Howell likely future starter. Like, I guess you know we we saw them move on from Wentz, and I don't even know where he is right now. Do you have any idea? Is he on a team? Uh, that's a I great question. He is a free agent. He is not on the team. You know, he got the bag from Philly not too long ago either. Yeah, he so, did. So, you know, if my calculations are correct, then Jalen Hurts will be a free agent in about four years. Ah, ah. <laughs> that is some NFC East math if I've ever seen it. <laughs> yeah, I can't help it. I wear it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, what else are they going to do, right? They're not really in a position to be unless they really want to trade up to get a quarterback. I mean, the best bet is just to kind of ride with Sam Howell and see what happens in the first place. So Sam Howell was a guy that they were talking about being a first round guy. It's true. It's true. And right? he actually had to deal with a lot of like, not a lot, but he, he definitely dealt with a tough situation there towards the end of his career. He lost all the talent around him. He ended up rushing for like a ridiculous number of yards in his final, uh, his final season there. So, you know, he he obviously wasn't or didn't show to be the prospect that everybody was hoping he was leading into the draft, but he's definitely, I think, a, a more talented player than he gets credit for and then his draft capital shows. You know, it, it, that happens to these quarterbacks sometimes in these drafts. We've seen it year after year where these guys get hyped up, you know, the year before and they come into the draft and they just kind of flop. Yeah. It's it's tough. It really is tough with these quarterbacks now because I'm I won't buy into a guy that doesn't have long-term stability but these guys are getting a shot they just are and i think rightfully so like if i was that organization i'd kind of want to see what i have there anyway if say if, you know falls flat then you have some pretty good talent next year you know caleb williams etc so yeah shooting for the 24 draft is definitely smart if, if that's what these teams it seems like do. it in dynasty too yes yes and that's every year right we were talking about this last year buy your 23 picks <laughs> every year yeah. Buy your 24 picks, but I, I, that class does have some juice to it, definitely from the quarterback position. So it, it's definitely smart to, I would like, if you have some mid to late round or late round, mid to late 23 firsts, if you can swing them right into a 24 first, that's probably a good idea. If you don't need it right now, if you don't need production right now. All right. Uh, to a consider retirement. You, did you, I think I saw you post on Twitter where the whole quote from him. Yeah, yeah, I'll read it real quick here. Um, yeah. I thought it was really interesting uh, because I hadn't seen it before, and I think think we're seeing a lot of snippets from what he says and just kind of different things that make you think that he was maybe contemplating in a different way than at least it seems like his thought process went. Of course, yeah, it's uh, context. Context matters. So, But it's easy to take, you know, one or two sentences that a guy said and then turn it into clickbait, and it works. And, you know, that is the reporter's job from time to time to kind of just do that. But what I got from that statement was, you know, he's got a good head on his shoulders. Yeah, here it is. So he said, yeah, I think I considered it for a time, referencing retirement, having sat down with my family, having sat down with my wife and having those kind of conversations. But really, it would be hard for me to walk away from this game with how old I am, with my son. I always dreamed of playing as long as I could to where my son knew exactly what he was watching his dad do. It's my health, it's my body, 
and I feel like this is what's best for me and my family. I love the game of football. If I didn't, I would have quit a long time ago. That was pretty impactful for me. And not just from like a dynasty perspective, because obviously that's what we do here. But like, I am so weird. I get super emotional when it comes to like sports in general. I just get really emotional with that stuff. I don't know why. <laughs> it's one of the few things I do get emotional with. But like that, <laughs> that it is really weird. That kind of thing though. Wife's like, uh, what's wrong with you? You're like nothing. <laughs> no, I'm like, uh, just, just football stuff. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's funny, but I, I was reading that and it kind of, it hit me in, in the core a little bit, like this guy, that feeling of wanting his kid to see him do it. I just kind of understood that. I don't know why, but like, I do get the, the idea of him. Like what that's like, mo that means to me that he's going to try to play as long as he can for his kid to grow up and see him play. Right. Yeah. That is his motivation. His motivation is, is kind of beyond the game at that point and and that's big like that's huge especially for a guy who's contemplating retirement that doesn't really sound like he was contemplating retirement it sounds like something was forcing him in that direction you read the article the doctors the doctors have told him that he's not at any higher risk than anybody else so yep. after you i think you get past that part for him it's almost a no-brainer not to <laughs> no pun intended but it, it's it's almost a, yeah yeah right i know but it's almost a no-brainer as far as like yo i'm gonna come back i'm gonna play this game i'm super young i have my whole career ahead of me and this is what i love to do so it was really cool to see as a as a dynasty manager who has a couple two shares you know definitely um quelled some concerns so it's good to see yeah i mean and that motivation as a a father it's it's strong so yeah I mean, you, you, you love, know, yes, you love to hear it. I know I get up pretty early every morning. For that kid, so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I like how that's how you measure your, uh, your love. You're like, yeah. you know how early I get up for you? <laughs> like, you're going to tell him. I'm shutting that door to go to work in the morning. I'm like, ah, oh, I love him. <laughs> All right. I love it. Oh man. All right. This is a good question. Is there a bad time to do a startup draft? I was, I was just, I don't know. We're having some fun here, right? We're on the nonsense yeah, part of the yeah. show. I was just thinking about this. Is there a, like right now it would probably be an inopportune time to do a startup draft, right? Like a week yeah. before the, the, the NFL draft. Why not just wait a week? Yeah. So I, yeah, I think that, you know, everybody, especially in dynasty is so like excited to get things going. Like as soon as, like, I, I think I had a, a buddy invite me to a league or whatever. And it was a group of guys who I really want to play with. And I was like, totally. And we get in there and, all of us totally wanted to start the draft like immediately. This was like a month ago. We're like, let's just let, mm -hmm. like, yeah, like now, now. And let's then we're, know, all in, we're all paid up. Yeah. So somebody's like, maybe like after the draft, <laughs> we're like, <laughs> yeah, I guess that's, that's a good idea. That's fine. So I, I think there are some times not to do it. And the only other one that, that hit me was like in season, right? Like during the season, while you're playing out all of your other dynasties, starting a dynasty probably not the best time to to do a startup draft i mean you could but it would i don't know it'd be kind of it, obviously you wouldn't be playing the points out it would almost be like drafting your team and playing it's just a terrible time to do it i don't think you can i think probably anytime after free agency is probably the best right you want all the information you could get i mean i know that we're kind of degenerates so we can't really wait and a lot of startups happen way before that but I feel like if you really want to have like all the pieces to the puzzle, you know, minus the NFL draft, waiting till after free agency is probably the best. That way, you know, kind of what's going on with Miles Sanders or, you know, who's getting re-signed or not, you know, who's getting in trouble in the offseason, all this type of stuff. So, yeah, what was that? But, like? You know, that was right. What was that? When was free agency? Was that 
mid-February or something, right? Okay. Okay, that makes sense then. After the Super Bowl, a few weeks, first week of March, that type of deal. Yeah, because after that, once you get mid-March and, and beyond, you're you're flirting with, with the NFL draft stuff, and, and crazy things can happen. So, yeah. Absolutely. It's 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 not that serious, but I, I do think that there are some times to avoid and and sometimes to hop into it. I think yeah, you're right. After free agency, after the NFL draft, probably the two two of the better times to get into it. And on the other hand, is it's always a good time. It is always <laughs> a good time. <laughs> like I said, we were we were ready to hop right yeah. into it, so it, it's always yeah. a good time. But I think that you know, especially for newer for newer people, like you can't you can't do it like that, especially for your first dynasties, like. The startup draft, deal. the startup draft matters so much in Dynasty, and especially if you're newer to Dynasty, like you don't want to be messing with outside factors. You just kind of want the 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 slate to be really clean and for everybody to be playing on a level level field. Yes, definitely. That's really good advice for newer players. Like, don't don't be drafting your Dynasty startups when the playoffs are going. <laughs> Don't. don't let somebody convince you if they're trying to convince you of that or to do your, your rookie drafts before the NFL draft run. They're playing you. Yeah. <laughs> they're playing you for sure. Oh yeah. I don't goodness. care how good you are in redraft. You know, once you start doing dynasty, there's just guys who've been playing longer that we talked about, I think episode one, episode two of this thing, you know, years ago, like they will take advantage of you and rightfully so. So yeah, yeah you got it. You're, you're jumping in with sharks. You got to be able to navigate the waters, right? Come on. That's right. That's right. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. So, um, yeah, we're going to empty the notebook part two. I know that you and uh, took care of quite a few prospects, but I'll try to keep up. You know, I'll let you lead the way no, here, bud. No, I mean, honestly, last week was, I think, missing some of, some of your flair, bro. It was really two film bros just just diving into it, grinding, grinding the film. Yeah, yeah. Oh, shoot. Well, who you got? Okay, so yeah, film, film, uh, film, film. What am I talking about here? What are we doing here? Okay, we're emptying the notebook. So if nobody's been a part of this, yeah, we're just kind of going to chop it up about some guys, throw out our thoughts. I'm going to really just give you highlights of my film, uh, my film study, my film notes, and, and you know, we'll just spew about some guys. But I do want to get into some guys that we haven't talked about. Last week, I, I wish that Jagger and I got into a couple of players that we hadn't really talked about. I kind of think I... I went back over like the Tyler Scotts, the my guys, you know, the Charlie, the Charlie Jones, Charlie but, Jones. Yeah. You know, we did get into Parker Washington. I don't think we really talked about Parker Washington too much, um, but we didn't talk about any anybody kind of lower down the ranks. So I do want to talk about some guys like Jonathan Mingo, maybe Cedric Tillman. Tillman would be nice, yeah. Right. So we can talk about Tillman. Let's do that too. Uh, maybe a, a a Nate Dell or a Tank Dell. Sorry, use his his fun name, uh, Tank Dell, and then, you know, we can maybe get into a Keishon Butte or something like that. Somebody who who is kind of really tumbled down the ranks, you know. Oh yeah, nosedive. So, uh, I those are perfect. A couple different guys there that haven't really been touched on, and and that we're gonna want to know about going into the draft. So, first one, let's let's talk about Jonathan Mingo. If you're cool with that, yeah. So Jonathan Mingo is a guy who. The first thing that I thought about was he's at Ole Miss after AJ Brown, after DK, and after and after um, Elijah Moore, right? Yes. And then I just heard nothing about this, this wide receiver core, and I'm like, that that some for some reason that doesn't make sense. Like I feel like they they probably have a decent player there behind them. And then I heard Jonathan Mingo's name, looked him up, I'm like, oh, he has a pretty good pretty good size to him. I felt like, and when I started watching him, I 
I thought he was a little bit better than I expected. So one thing that didn't stand out to me or, or that I thought he struggled with, and I'll just start there, was separation, specifically separation, elusiveness, and then burst, right? I think he was average after the catch. We don't really need to talk about that. Above average route runner, in my opinion, really good hands. I did think he struggled sometimes with beating press, but I'd label him about average there. Just getting into some of the notes real quick here, just highlights. So, okay, route runner, would like to see more technique. Did see a bit more as I watched, mainly sharp breaks at stem, but not much else. So he has good suddenness when he's breaking off his routes, making cuts on his routes, but I wouldn't say that there's too much, you know, head fakes, really just, uh, you know, a lot of the technique that you see from really good route runners. So could be better, but not bad. Above average hands, good to average speed, not super dynamic after the catch, not super elusive after the catch. But if he does get loose, he can take it to the house. You saw that against a team like Vanderbilt, very physical, very strong. But to that point, you don't see him really get a ton of separation. It's more that he, he fights guys off in, in tight spaces, but you don't see him kind of really pull away from guys and it might be because he doesn't have that extra gear uh to to kind of take off from guys so i think he could struggle with with some press coverage and whatnot but for the most part i think he's he's a strong candidate if he gets some decent draft capital he could be a good player in the league i think so what is what does he show kind of from the numbers um it's not great okay to be honest here um that's okay i mean he okay we'll talk about his athleticism uh very athletic which is Going to be good for him. That bodes well for a guy who's probably going to be later drafted. Uh, runs a four four six. Speed scores ninety six percentile. Burst scores ninety one percentile. You know the guy's not not a slouch. But he played four years. He played four years at Old Miss behind some really good competition. But he uh, never really did much as far as target share goes until this last year in twenty twenty uh, twenty two, which kind of makes sense. Kind of the guys he's been playing playing behind that you had mentioned already. Mm-hmm. But if we go to our um, our sheet here that we've been putting together, we have 21 wide receivers ranked. And this does not include Jeff Capital yet, but he is our 21st uh, wide receiver on the list. Okay. So I'll get into some things. A breakout age, 21 years old, so he's a little bit older guy. But again, that breakout happened because he's played with, yeah, three studs, you know, throughout his uh, time there in college. So, But we've seen with other really good wide receivers that that doesn't necessarily matter um if you're good you'll you earn your targets dominator rating was average dominator is 19.1 percent which is pretty low uh adjusted yards per team pass attempt is 1.5 obviously you want to see that around two that puts them kind of towards the um lower half of maybe the bottom third of all the people that we've charted here uh Routes per team pass attempt, 1.8. Again, that number's below two, which is just not great. Targets per route run is 18.2%, which is kind of sad. You definitely want that over 20. Um, and then, you know, PPR points per game, it's 11.8. I mean, really all the studs that we're looking at, you're you're looking for something around 15 or more, and he just never really got there. So from what I see, he doesn't really dominate uh didn't dominate young uh when he was older and had his best season it still wasn't anything that stood out on the sheets not a guy personally that i'm excited about whatsoever 
but I didn't watch his film, so I don't know. No, that's good perspective. And I, I don't think you could listen to what I just said about his film and think that I was overly excited about watching him necessarily. Yeah. I just think that I, I, I think that he's, I think that he could definitely turn into like a wide receiver three on a team. You know what I mean? Something like, something like that. And, and that can be useful at times and he can, he, he could maybe elevate his game. Maybe there's something we didn't see. I do think I heard somebody talk about this and just looking back at the quarterback, I know that they're getting Jackson Dart in there this year, but I believe last year it was Spencer Sanders who is not good. So I don't think that he had great quarterback play while he was the main target there. And to your point, he couldn't really elevate above the guys before him, though they were absolute studs. You still want to you still want to see them get on the field, right? You still want to see them do something and and demand targets, and that's not what he did. So, kind of reminds me like uh, Jameson Williams, Ohio State, and he's playing behind Chris Olave, uh, but he he moved on, and when he moved on and had the opportunity, he he balled out. That's a great point. That's a great point. So when he, so, you know, uh, Mingo didn't, didn't quite do that. It helped if he had Bryce Young. I don't know. That's just, <laughs> well, yeah, or or Mac oh, Jones God. or whoever the hell Jamison Williams was playing with that year, but uh, definitely better than whatever Jonathan Mingo was was strapped with. That said, he's yeah. he's down at the uh, the end of my wide receiver film grades. He's down at the end of our wide receiver rankings. So a guy to just kind of keep your eye on, see what happens with the draft, but definitely not somebody we're super excited about. Let's let's hop into Cedric Tillman, a guy who I think we we may have a little bit more and better things to say about. So I'll just say right off the rip here, and, and this just on the film too, and not by much, but I did think Cedric Tillman was a better player than Jalen Hyatt, both their time at uh, at Tennessee. I was just thinking the, uh, a lot of my Dallas Cowboys beat writers and all that are really high on Tillman, so I they always fall in love with the native guys, the, but yeah, he went, to, he went to Tennessee. He went to oh, Tennessee. yeah, he went to Tennessee. Yeah. Both of them did. Yeah. So he, you know, on film, I thought he stood out just a little bit more. They actually, I didn't even notice this. They came out with the the same film grade for me, the same score, but I did put him up there higher. And, uh, and it's for the reasons, like I thought he was a, a little bit better of a route runner than Hyatt. Uh, I think he's got really good hands and I think he has pretty good yak ability for, a for the bigger player that he is. I was pretty surprised at, at that part of his game. Now I do think he lacks some burst. Like he doesn't like get going super fast and he's not like, you know, just shot out of the cannon off the line or anything like that. And he's not elusive. You're not going to see this guy making guys miss an open field left and right. It's just not what he does. Um, and, you know, while he does separate okay, I think it's more about his route running than it is about his ability to kind of, you know, make late separation with with his, you know, physicality or anything like that. So I think it's it's mainly with him route running hands and and pretty good yak ability for the player that he is so the, the thing i'll say about him from my notes is quick feet during the release for a big man which is great to see good ability quickness after the catch for his size good physicality at the line and after the catch runs with aggression he does lack top speed for for deep separation and that's what i was kind of mentioning there would have to win off of physicality if anything good speed but not elite lacks of elusiveness and burst so a lot of the things I, I kind of mentioned just looking at uh, how I graded his attributes, right, is kind of the things I'm men- mentioning in the notes here. So I like him a good bit. I think that for this class, he's one of the guys who has a little more allure, I think, for some NFL teams because he's a bigger body guy and there's not many of them here. So does he pop up? Does he pop out on the t- on the uh, does he pop out in the spreadsheets at all for us or or is it is it looking down again? It's a little bit down. Um, I just realized. 
I have his years in college wrong. So this is actually going to knock him a little bit here. Looks like he, he was in Tennessee 2018 through 22. So technically five years there. Yeah. Um, but that's good. This is why we're here. I could fix that. So, but, um, Speed score, 79th percentile. First score, 79th percentile. He runs a 4.5, but 4.5 for a guy who's 6'3", 213 isn't really all that concerning. Uh, PPR points per game throughout college is 20.3. Target per route run is 17.6, which is, again, not great. We talked about that earlier. Because receiving yards per team pass attempt is 2.8. That's that's good. Um, Adjusted yards between pass attempt is 2.2, which puts him kind of right in the middle of the pack with everybody else's average dominator was 37%, which is great. Love to see that. Break at age 21. Uh, again, not the best. So just kind of like a late bloomer. Um, a little bit different than, say, Mingo, where it looks like, you know, uh, Tomin kind of actually produced within his team a little bit better than Mingo did. But they both have some kind of question marks as far as... Uh, Production, um, the age at which they started producing and all this stuff, which still, to me, really matters, right? We've talked about it plenty before. Um, as an older prospect or a guy who just kind of bloomed late, um, it's going to knock him a little bit, but he's, he's a guy. <laughs> That's That should be the headline for this. He's a guy. Yeah, um, you know, some of the, the Cowboys <laughs> beat writers and stuff, the, you know, I don't know if you know John Oning. Like, he kind of ex- expands not just the Cowboys, but just the talent evaluator. But he, uh, mostly a defensive guy, but he was talking about, you know, Tillman in the second to the Cowboys, and he'd be super happy with that. So, um, Actually yeah, sounds pretty we'll good. See. I mean, if he gets second round draft capital, that will be really good for him. Kind of like a guy like Safe Flowers. So if he gets in the first, second. But yeah, Tillman, he's a guy. One thing, and I did get the, we did get the draft, or not the draft capital stuff, sorry, the, years in college, right? We did get that from Peter Howard's database. And I, and I just looked at Cedric Tillman's college stats page or his player. What, are the, what is this called? Now it's not player profiler, but sports reference page. Sports Sorry. Reference. That's what it was. And it looks like he, yeah, yeah. It's, it's essentially stat heads, like college side of things, pro football reference, college reference. I noticed that he was a freshman twice, played only one game his, fr- his first year. And I wonder if that was either injury-related or, or transfer-related. I'm not sure what it was. And obviously, no matter what, that impacts his breakout age, no matter what, that you know that does that. But I'm wondering if maybe he is marked down as – or if they, they aren't counting that first year for some reason. I don't know what the reason was there, but I'm wondering if that's why he was marked that way and, and not, uh, you know more years no i was just looking at it it was interesting you know Whatever. those debbie guys they would know they're like well you know he went to high school in uh uh you know shawshank you know alabama it was a, it's like ah, i can't do <laughs> no, all that. They're, they're, no well that first year really he was still in high school but he was allowed to go to some college classes and be on camp now yeah running start i don't know <laughs> it could be <laughs> it could be anything okay cool cool those are some interesting ones we're, we're a little bit more lukewarm on those than well you're a little bit lukewarm on those, and it's not you. It's just the numbers are than I thought we would be. Let's talk a little bit about Tank Dell. I mean, you know, th- this guy, if he turns sideways, you can barely see him. He's so small. But I really liked what I saw from this guy on film, dude. He is he is much higher than he probably should be in, in my film grades. And, and I'm not saying that I, I graded him wrong or anything, but just for 
the size he is and and unfortunately probably the lack of draft capital that he's going to get he just looks so damn good on film and if anybody wants to see a really filthy route I, I posted one a while back on the dff youtube channel and it's just it's just like a minute and you can see it's really awesome he's he's a really really good route runner i think he's an above average route runner first of all doesn't get great separation mainly due to his size doesn't beat press well mainly due to his size has great hands great elusiveness really good burst and okay yak ability so i think he exhibits a lot of the traits that you want to see from a wide receiver unfortunately even when you have the traits when you're this small he's like 160 doesn't always translate to the nfl but just really good burst and acceleration and bend from the lower body you know just good wiggle jumps off the screen immediately can pace speed through his routes just above average hands like really i, I even noted this really impressive so really good hands really smooth without a hitch can he can beat press and i i highlighted that can beat press but stronger corners do generally win but he has a great release so that's how he beats the press coverage right it's it's really going to be the footwork and release if he can gain separation there he generally can get away from the defender you do see some intent and ability to get on defenders toes with routes good suddenness at the stem of routes like just a lot of the good fundamental things you want to see from a wide receiver but he also has some flair to him and it just sucks because I, I don't think we're gonna we're gonna really see him get an opportunity but how does he look on the uh by the numbers at least you know pretty good uh shout out to like uh oh here we go yeah go. yeah okay okay fishing well, for value i got one player profiler uh for doing a little bit of background there uh, apparently you know he he had his little uh, juco career before he ended up going to houston played three years at houston um uh, slightly older prospect he's 23 years old so let's get that you know that's some something to note but his three years at houston his final two years he had he earned 136 targets 154 targets 1300 yards both years almost 1400 yards his last year production through the roof there 58165 like i hate to be that guy but it's like i feel like we should stop there but it's just too good everything else on the sheets is amazing right uh, PPR points per game, 19.8. Target per route run, 25%. His receiving yards per team pass attempt, over two, it's 2.4. It's really good for him. Um, adjusted yards per team pass attempt is 2.4. Again, you're seeing that over the two mark, almost two and a half. Yards per route run, 4.1. <laughs> Average dominator, 31.6. Breakout age of 20, it's probably closer to 21. It's like he was almost 21. But uh, even for a small guy, I know like some people care about this. I know I do still. His BMI is over 25. So he's short, but he's built. And uh, maybe give him some time into the NFL. And uh, you know, maybe he could be a guy. He's just tiny. But everything else on the sheets, I, I, I love this guy. I really do. Man, he, uh, in our pre-draft, <laughs> in our pre-DC, so no draft capital included, which is a pretty big input here. He's sixth in our wide receiver model, which is absolutely insane for a guy who is coming in this small to be able to produce that much and let the numbers kind of elevate him that way. And yeah. it's not just, it's not the film. Like we don't, we don't wait my film grade that like we don't wait it that much bottom line, not that much. We don't wait it that much bottom line because we know that there's subjectivity in there, no matter how good you are at this. And we're trying to negate that obviously. So I just think it's really impressive that he kind of falls in there anyway. And I think with the NFL, not ignoring size they're not ignoring it but much more open to 
smaller built players yeah. getting opportunities, I think I'm going to be willing to take a shot on Tank Dell because he's going to be super cheap unless the NFL drafts him, you know, which they do draft small guys sometimes in the second or something like that. If he gets Tutu that draft Atwell. capital. Yeah, no. and But <laughs> but this was not Tutu Atwell. Tutu no. Atwell, no, he did. And, and I mean, Tavon Austin was a first round pick, I think, right? Like there's yeah. all sorts of guys get drafted for all sorts of reasons. And, and I'm sure Jalen Hyatt will get drafted over Tank Dell. But personally, I would rather Tank Dell because I think Jalen Hyatt would be a really good NFL receiver. He'll open up the field for guys. He'll do stuff for NFL teams that matters. But I do think that Tank Dell has more of an up, has, has more upside as a fantasy option if he gets to the heights that he could get to potentially. So I think he's going to be a guy who you could easy, easy, easy get in the third, probably fourth round of your rookie drafts. And I'm totally going to be looking to take a shot on him there. Yeah. I, going back to recent drafts, you had guys like Rondell Moore and Wondell Robinson are not large human beings, but teams were willing to just bank on the talent and production. You know, it might be a little bit smaller, but I think wide receivers were seeing it over the last few years. Like there aren't that many AJ Browns or, you know, going back to Des Bryant's and there's not a lot of those like, 6'3", 220 X receivers out there anymore. They're getting a little bit smaller, a little bit shiftier. And I think, you know, as a dynasty community, maybe we need to adjust on that too. So it sure seems like teams are. It's not, you know, people aren't getting shorter, right? They're just, (laughs) (laughs) what what the NFL is looking for in receivers is just a, a, it's a little bit smaller frame, it seems like. And the college game, obviously it's the college game is impacting it too, but it's, it's that the game has shifted to where it's more of a passing game it's more of a speed game and so smaller guys are going to be more impactful in those situations not not they're going to be more impactful than bigger guys but they're going to get more opportunities these days with that being the trajectory of things so especially in college you see guys like tank dell who where size doesn't necessarily matter as much when you get to the nfl and physicality where those guys are just like the elite elite athletes where he can get a lot more opportunities it's just is he good enough to be better than or be able to withstand whatever he's going to face in the NFL and can, like you said, like you said, you know, with a developmental program in the NFL, can he build up, you know, 10 pounds or something like that? And, and which is definitely possible and, and still be as fast as he, he was, you know? So that's, that's definitely part of it. I like what I see. I'm pretty excited to, to see what happens with him on draft day. Okay. I'm trying to think if we talked about Marvin Mims last week, but he's getting a bunch of buzz. I feel like we got to talk about him just a little bit here. Did we do it? Wait, did we do a profile on Marvin Mims? Uh, we did not. We did not. Okay, so let's talk about Marvin Mims real quick. He's a guy who's definitely getting a lot of buzz over the past couple of weeks. And I just got asked about him on Twitter as well from one of our DFF guys. He's, he's an interesting dude. Above average separator. Above average route runner. Average at beating press. above average, Well above average hands. Lacks the elusiveness. Lacks the yak ability but really good burst more of a straight line speed receiver shows up on the film. He is fast. And I believe that he ran like a four, three, eight or something like something ridiculous. He, he was really fast signs of some nuance in his route running less technique on in breaking routes, but I think he lacks the bend and wiggle after the catch. Like I said, good release would like to see a bit quicker off release versus press specifically. But the more I watched, and I, I noted this here, the more I watched, he did show a quicker release more consistently. Can put his foot in the ground and accelerate at hyperspeed. Does get to top end speed fairly quickly and shows good acceleration through his routes to separate from defenders. 
So he also shows ability to fight through contact. He's not the biggest guy, but I do think he has a good frame. And and even you know, despite whatever the the numbers show him in in height and weight, it looks to me like he can build that up a little bit. Obviously, not his height, as height as his height, but he looks like he has a pretty substantial frame to kind of add some weight to. Um, he, exhi- he he exhibits understanding of leverage during route running, leaning into defenders or directions and using spacing zone to stop and change direction uh, to separate from defenders so there's a lot more nuance in his game than i think i expected to see i was pretty impressed by him so i think that he's a guy who's getting like some second round buzz and i'll tell you what if he gets that he's gonna rise up the ranks pretty pretty quickly yeah he's definitely a guy i could get behind uh here on the sheets played three years at oklahoma never less than 610 yards was his first year finishing up a thousand yards his uh third and final season there 511 183 he runs a 438, 94th percentile speed, and burst score is 131.7. Yeah, boo. It's cool. I think 511. Okay, that's that's the frame I'm talking about. Not small. That's fine. You know, if that becomes closer to 511, 190, like what are we even talking about, right? Right, exactly. So one thing that's kind of stood out here compared to all the other prospects that we have charted here is, is I think it's PFF stat, which is the elusive rating. It's uh, over 100, 102.5, which puts them pretty close to the very top of the so what you're talking about, you know, maybe ability in open space to kind of avoid tackles or, you know, uh, yards after the catch type of thing seems to me like that's something that he probably is pretty good at doing. Target per route run is 23.3% uh, over 20%, which is fine. Receiving yards per team pass attempt is two, which is good. That's kind of a benchmark or a bucket that we like our guys to be in. Um, and yeah, you have yards after the catch uh, per attempt is 3.8. That's going to put him... The highest out of everybody we have charted here besides Xavier Hutchinson, of all people. Oh, uh, Xavier Hutchinson. Another Xavier one we Hutchinson. haven't really talked about too much. Nope. Um, okay, yeah. Yeah. Yards per route run, 2.7. So he's a guy that uh, has really produced. Um, analytically, he kind of hits most of those marks you really want to see at a breakout age of 18 here. So uh, 23% dominated. Uh, there's really nothing not to like about him. Be honest with you he's up there at, at fourth in our model right now which is which is pretty impressive and you know just looking at my my film grades here if i bump them up very slightly in the elusiveness and, and yak areas just to kind of see he rises up to the to the top of here as well so you know maybe that was something that i missed maybe it's something that that you know i, I didn't see in, in in the games i watched whatever it was but yeah, he, he seems like a guy who, who we might be sleeping on just a little bit, and, and the draft is probably going to fix that for us. So I think so. All right, last one here we'll talk about. I mean, unless there's somebody else you want to talk about, you can totally throw a guy out there. But I did want to touch on on Keishon Butte. Yeah, He's just a guy who I'm a lot lower on than than consensus, I think. And, and maybe that's wrong. Maybe consensus is kind of middling out on him now. But just a guy who I wasn't impressed with when I watched him and I'll say right off the bat, he, he did look better in 21 than in 22, uh, the year before he was injured. He got injured, right? Yeah, yeah totally. He got injured, and, and maybe that was part of it, him recovering, or maybe he lost a step after it. I, I'm not quite sure, but I didn't really see the separation. I saw okay route running for sure. Didn't see a lot of him beating press coverage. Didn't see – I saw drops on film, to be honest. Like I don't even need to look at my notes. I remember watching it. I saw a good amount of drops on film. Not really elusive, not much burst, which I think, you know, his speed and his burst was part of like his allure at his size. And I didn't really see it there. He does have okay yak ability. I, I 
gave him above average grade there in the in the yak department but just underwhelming overall for me i don't think he showed much quickness or deceptiveness at the release or through the routes pretty bland is what i put in my notes don't see a ton of separation almost labors through some of his routes and look maybe i'll give him the benefit of doubt there and say that that's from injury some smooth some are smooth with subtle detail but it's just not consistent shows some pacing good movement to show downfield and sit down on defenders sometimes he does bend and round a good deal of his routes which is not something you want to see from a guy like this Uh, you know somebody at a big school who is a, a high level prospect not sharp when cutting or breaking I wouldn't describe him as agile or laterally quick necessarily. And yeah, drops. That was the last thing drops. on my notes here. Drops. That's not good. All right. 5'11", 195. Decent size frame. Runs a 4'5". Uh, other than that, all his... Uh, kind of like you were alluding to, like you don't see him as being like this uh, quick titch, elusive, very athletic type of guy. And pretty much all his athleticism scores kind of show that to him just to be kind of average in those departments but as a true freshman i think he was playing alongside oh god terrace marshall uh, and so yeah terrace marshall in his first rookie year and he still put up 735 yards in 10 games but there's not a whole lot to like about him analytically here besides his breakout age was like 18 he was really young went out there and performed right away which is great we love to see that target per route run 22 percent 22 percent which is over 20 which is fine receiving yards per team pass attempt it's 1.6 that's under two we don't like to see that his adjusted yards per team pass attempt is 1.7 his yards per route run 1.9 uh dominator rating 18.5 so pretty much all those production buckets that we're just kind of trying to gather these guys up and put them into you know you have a better chance to succeed you know than these guys right here He's fallen below pretty much all his thresholds uh, for me. I would like to like him more than I do um, because he has a really cool name. But as far as kind of production goes, um, being on a team like LSU, you kind of expect to see something a little bit better out of like a true stud. Um, What he did early in his career um, is promising, and I bet that Debbie guys really liked him years ago. But just since then, it's been kind of like lackluster, and there's just not like a whole lot to get me excited about him. I mean, when you have to try to prop him up by mentioning Terrace Marshall, you know there's a... <laughs> well, you know, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Didn't he play there with, like, Chase one year or something like that, too? Like, yeah, he would have. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I don't know. It's just, I'm, I'm not super... I'm whelmed. I'm very whelmed. Definitely not overwhelmed. But... Try, yeah, I definitely want to stop people from going out and paying too much for Keishon Booty. I definitely would not draft him in the second round of drafts or anything near that at all. I've seen you know at some all. tweets were talking about you know his production and what he was doing on the field before his injury, and that was that was pretty exciting. And then um, it's just yeah, it's just kind of the whole career has not been really something that I'm really trying to invest in. He definitely had more bursts in his game in 21. He he had a little more speed for sure, but all the other stuff I kind of felt was was still there. But unless there's uh, any other wide receivers you want to talk about, we can hop over to the tight ends. No, that's good with me. We haven't really talked about any of the tight ends, have we? I haven't really, I haven't really got into them too much, to be honest with you. You know what I was gonna? I'm kind of learning. Go ahead. 
No, 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 no. I was going to bring up about Keishon Butte before, which I'll, we can kind of lead into it with the same thing I'm talking about here with tight ends. But I just remembered, I wanted to mention this. His RAS score was absolute dog shit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Keishon Butte had like a four RAS score or something like that. It, ah. was, it was sub five and his vert was was like as low as it could be. It was, he got like a one grade from, from the RAS card or something. It was like absolutely atrocious. So yeah. Second percentile burst score. <laughs> like I said, not much burst there, man. I mean, yeah. Jesus Christ. It's kind of like David Bell all over again. but Yeah, I guess it is. But David Bell was not nearly as a highly touted prospect, you know? I, I mean, I guess he was more productive. For, the fan, for the fantasy community he was. But yeah, he was, he was a good player. David Bell was a good player in college still especially. And he, he still has hope. Yeah, he still can be. He still can be. Yeah. It's only I one year. I, I love it. Uh, so leading into the tight ends with the Raz talk, one of the biggest things for tight ends historically is Raz scores, athleticism, right? Like a high Raz score is something that you want to see from your tight ends. Above seven is kind of the threshold that I've seen. Once you get below that mark, it's it's getting real shady. And I I think uh, we'll just start with the top here. We haven't talked much about it. Michael Mayer, right? He kind of falls in in the lower side of the Raz, around seven ish area i know that but i have to mention i have to mention that mark andrews also posted a, a raz score of around seven actually i think it was lower than michael mayer's now he is a little bit bigger probably a little more explosive especially just based on the metrics there but i think they're close enough in in athleticism and obviously you, you can't go one-to-one he might all, you know, Mark Andrews might have that dog in him or something, right? He might just be better. Like he just, uh, so, so there's obviously other factors, but I just want you using him as an example of a guy who, who reached the heights that we want to see when I watch Michael Mayer easily far and away, the best tight end in this class, far and away, he above average, well above average route runner, good separation, great, great hands. Okay, elusiveness, but I'd still give him above average mark there for, you know, we're grading tight ends here for a tight end. Uh, above average yak ability and above average blocking. Now, this year I've made an adjustment because I, you know, I don't think that we can weight blocking the same. Like, I don't think we can weight blocking the same as all other attributes for any position, really. Um, so I've kind of weighted that down a little bit. And either way, he far surpasses anybody else on on the tight end grades this year. I just think when I watch him, I'm not even going to look at my notes on this. When I watch him, he reminds me so much of of the top end tight ends we've seen in this league in the way that he moves, in the way that he operates on the field. Now, I'm not saying he's as explosive as Kittle or Kelsey or Andrews, but he certainly shows those elements. And the movement is very, very similar. When I, I don't know how you watch Michael Mayer and don't go, wow, he could really be one of, like, he could be the next Mark Andrews, the next track. Like, he looks like that. And yeah, I know he's not as athletic, but I, I just think with his skill set, with his ability to kind of work within his frame and within the position, I think he has all the fundamentals down. He's going to be a great blocker. He'll be on the field all the time. But he's also, he also has a skill set to to ensure that he'll get those those routes. He'll be, he'll be running routes. He's going to earn targets. So, I like Michael Mayer a lot. I, I hope that he goes to a place that, that is in need of a tight end that is going to use them because that's really what he needs. He needs the opportunity at this point. And it takes time for these guys to break out. I will not pay a first for a guy like Michael Mayer. I won't do it, but I like him a lot. Yeah. So 
that's something that I've kind of learned on my little dynasty journey is not really drafting tight ends in the first round of my rookie drafts. I got, you know, David Njoku knowing that, you know, <clears throat> at times it took like, what, years for that to even pan out. Um, <laughs> I feel like it's just kind of a waste of a pick. You could always get these guys later. But yeah, I mean, he's ideal size. He's 40-yard dash, 71 percentile. Speed score, 73rd percentile. Good breakout age, great dominator in college. Uh, pretty much produced as soon as he stepped on the field for Notre Dame. Uh, target share of 17% his rookie year, 22% the next year, and then 31% the next year. Uh, earning 105 targets last year, 99 targets the year before. So like you are saying, this is a guy that's going to be on the field for all the things that he does well at the tight end position, but also for us when it comes to dynasty. Like he's he's a appears to be a very good catcher of the ball. So yeah, I'm excited about him. I think this is a guy that, I've seen mocked in the first round quite a bit, so uh, we'll we'll see where he goes. So probably be the first tight end taken off the board. He should be, and we're going to talk about the guy who a lot of people probably think should be taken over him next. But I think we are so overthinking this with tight ends now. I think that everybody's chasing the next guy, right? Chasing the next Kelsey, who was late round, who is not the first guy. Who all of them, every one of these guys, Mark Andrews, all of them, they they were all not the first guy considered in the tight end department, right? This guy is going to be, and he looks like those guys when he plays. <laughs> like, I, like, let's just not overthink it. He's, he's the top tier here. He's the top end here. And again, I'm not saying you should pay up for him. I will have probably zero shares of him, and I will get him on my team come 2025 for cheaper. And he will then yes. produce for me in, in, that, in that next year because he'll finally have developed into the tight end we want. That's what happens. That's how this works. So... I'm not saying overpay for him, but I'm telling you he's he's damn good at what he does, and he has all of the traits you want for for a top five fantasy tight end, in my opinion. Love hearing that. Okay. Next one we got to talk about is Dalton Kincaid. All right, this guy is out of Utah. Everybody's talking about him. Is you know He's such an elite pass catcher. I saw a video. Does he not look like Travis Kelsey? When he, no, he doesn't. Sorry, he doesn't look like Travis Kelsey. But definitely a good separator, above average. Same mark as Michael Mayer. Similar marks in in the hands department, good hands. Similar depart, similar marks in the elusiveness department. Similar marks in the in the yak ability department. I don't think he's nearly as refined of a route runner as Michael Mayer, and and that's more about technique within the route, right? It's more about being sudden at at the top of the route and those kind of things. I I don't necessarily think he's that. I think he wins with a little bit more of his athleticism and just being faster and bigger, kind of than most guys that he's playing against terrible blocker <laughs> I, I weighted that differently so it, it's not going to impact his grade as much compared to you know mayor or the next guy right he is still the second tight end on my grading scale here not far and away i would say there's a guy close to him but definitely well below mayor um good release quick feet ad blocker ride technique is fine but not refined would like to see more nuance does show some good pacing also some yak ability. Really not seeing much other than a smooth mover. That's 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 really like, I'll leave it at that. I could get into some more stuff. I think he's more of a flex tight end, but really just not seeing much that much more than a smooth mover. And to me, that's Mike Kosicki. Maybe you get Mike Kosicki plus. I think, I think that's what you're looking at. Yeah, Mike Kosicki was very, very uh, athletic. Um, I, I don't know if Dalton Kincaid is. I don't really have his testing in front of me, but 6'4", 246, great size. Um, 
Yeah, uh, productions. I mean, it's not the greatest. Like he has what 107 career receptions in college, so it's not like a, a ton there, right? 96 targets last year, 46 targets the year before. Target share of 21.7 his final year. Maybe that's a system thing. Maybe Utah doesn't throw to the tight ends very much. I don't know. I don't really watch Utah play, but um, nothing here that's super you know crazy as far as athleticism, which is one of the things that I think really stands out the most for tight ends, as we've talked about before. Um, but I like what you're saying. Uh, they got a comp to Isaiah Likely, which is that's okay with me. Isaiah Likely, okay, yeah. So the other the other thing I wanted to mention, I was trying to pull up his his Raz card here to just see, but he's like 30 years old, and I don't think anybody wants to mention that he's 24 years old. Like the guy, the guy's old, bro. Like in tight ends, yeah, like they they can last. That's tight end prime, bro. <laughs> Right, right. He's already uh, in his prime, which which might be why he was dominating against the competition in college, right? He's also much older and much more developed than the guys he's playing against. So I think that he could be kind of a trap play. I'm not – look, I saw him get taken. We did a DFF mock draft, and he got taken in the first round of the of the Superflex mock draft, with, along with Mayer. Both of them did. Just out of your minds. I'm telling you, you guys are out of your minds. Like, I don't know – I don't know what to do with you. I really don't. Okay. Uh, I got to mention one here. I just have to. And you probably a lot of people probably never heard of this guy, but Will Mallory. I think I mentioned him last week with Jagger. But I this guy had a UM. Dad's a coach in the NFL. His grandfather is like this all-time coach in college. And he's right below these other guys. He's my third tight end in film grades. Just really good route runner. Really good hands. Really good yak ability for his frame. I thought I was pretty impressed with what he could do because he's he seems like a little bit he seems like he'd be just kind of lumbering and he's not. He's 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 just good. Good blocker. Good blocker. And I think he says average elusiveness and and I mean not a ton of separation. Definitely not like Mayer or Kincaid in that regard, but he's a good route runner and grades out really well in all the other traits. So smooth off release, keeps pace throughout big body who's far more athletic than he should be. Like a big baby. <laughs> That's what I wrote. Uh, he needs an NFL weight room to bulk up, lean out a bit. So I think he kind of has like extra weight on him, but he moves well for it. So I think he just needs to get in shape. Uh, route running is average, bends some of his routes, but also shows some detail nuance on downfield routes specifically. Definitely would like to see sharper routes. Gets some late separation with size. Wouldn't describe as agile or laterally quick, but has great hip movement and bend to evade defenders. Strong physical runner after the catch. Definitely some yak ability. Really good catch-to-run transition. So he's a, he's a good pass catcher, and he does show some ability to block. So I have a feeling that, you know, with his lineage and everything, he's probably going to get on an NFL team with higher draft capital than we expect. And I think he's going to be a decent, a decent catch. I like that. I like the history, you know, as far as family goes there. Yeah, yeah 6'5", 240. That's not bad. That's not bad at all. You know, it'll be 6'5", 240. 245, you know, whatever. Like, that's a really good size for a tight end, right? What's really good is we like athleticism with tight ends. Like, that's the one thing that matters the most. So 40-yard dash is 95th percentile speed score, 93rd percentile burst score, 83rd percentile uh, agility and catch radius or, or whatever. So, you know, he's athletically talented and gifted. It's funny you call him a big baby because, like, his photo looks like he's – he's old too. He's, like, almost 24, but he looks like he's, like, 17 still. Um <laughs> Is he really old? That sucks. Oh wow! Yeah, really he killing, really he killing a, me on the Kincaid comp there. With the I'm 24. sorry about that. You're like, I love this guy, but this guy's old too. Uh, five years at Miami. You know what the difference is? Is Will Mallory? I can get 
after the draft is over on waivers. Yeah, way after. Yeah, it's like, it's like <laughs> so, Bellinger all over again. Only yeah, Bellinger I'm got kind of nuked by Waller, but whatever. You know what? I don't think I'm going to – we're veering off of the notebook here, but I kind of take exception to that. I think this is good for Bellinger, or at least not bad for Bellinger. I, I'm not going to say it's like beneficial, but it could be. He has a tight end who's really good at the things we want for fantasy that he can learn behind while he's also going to stay on the field because he's a good blocker. They're going to run plenty of two tight end sets. And then in a year or two, when Waller inevitably, you know, is out of the league, you're going to have Bellinger take over the role and he'll be much more developed. I think it's a great, I think it's a great opportunity to go by him in Dynasty. I can see that. I like it. I mean, I'm still on the hill with you guys. I'm still riding that roller coaster. (laughs) Making the case, baby. Come on. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Will Mallory, just a guy that, you can probably pick up after your drafts, and he's got the, everything you kind of want for a, a tight end that could succeed as far as athleticism and stuff goes. So, and and like we were talking about, Raz score very important for tight ends as far as you know future success goes. Nine point zero six, this guy posted Raz score nine point zero six, elite in the in the explosion grade. Okay, thirty six point five vertical, ten one broad jump, four five four forty yard dash. Moving. This guy, this guy is, I, I just, you know, he's, he's going to be a sleeper and I'm, I'm putting my money on this guy. That's, that's what I'm doing. It's tight end position. I, he's up there in my, in my film grades. And I think that he shows out in the athletic uh, scoring in the athletic testing. That's what you want. I don't know what else we're looking for. And you guys are looking for the late round guys who nobody shows love to who ends up being, you know, successful. Here's your guy. That's, that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Here's your guy. Will Mallory, Miami. All right. One more. Yeah, one more. Who do we want to talk about? Uh, do I think we could maybe Darnell Washington? Yes, you're right there yes. with me. I was looking at him and Zach Koontz, and and we've talked plenty about Zach Koontz, and I have a video out there. Let's talk about Darnell Washington. Let's talk about this freaking nature. <laughs> All right, I'll get into it first. Sorry, I forgot I was doing that. Darnell Washington. So he's a little bit lower in the film grades, and I I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that he just doesn't show really good route running in my opinion, elusiveness or yak ability, right? All the things that that I think make tight ends what we want them to be in fantasy. Incredible hands, like as, as high as a grade as I can, you know, probably give in this class in terms of hands. One best blocker in the class, second best blocker in the class. The big the big thing here, okay, I'll just get into my notes. He's a bit stiff in the hips during his routes, but he's six seven, so I, I guess that's part of it, right? Still good balance and center of gravity for his size, great hands, above average blocker, heavy footed. Takes some si- takes some time to build up speed, more bend than expected for a big man. Plenty of film of him blocking, less than three catches in all of the matchups besides one. Potential, but not sure every week consistent producer or more of an inline blocker who can sneak out for big playability. That's what I got. Yeah, that's good. Uh, Darnell Washington is a guy. I think if you're watching the combine, just was like Darnell Washington day. Right. People talking about it really was. He should be drafted in the first round. I was like, well, let's tap the brakes. But people were like, why not? Why not in the first? I'm like, well, the NFL probably wants to see something more than just he runs fast. You know, uh, six seven, two sixty four, absolute stud when it comes to athleticism. Ninety six percentile speed score, eighty fourth percentile forty yard dash at his size running a four six is pretty impressive. Um, <laughs> the one thing that's not impressive, if I could do my math here real quick. We have 45 career receptions. That's more than I thought you were going to say. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, you watched it. So, I mean, it must have been quick. No, no. Like, it was just, it was, no, that's what I was saying there. Like, there's not much film of him running routes. So, routes. 
so obviously like it's hard to give him a high grade there when you only have so much of a sample but he's clearly not a great route runner so yeah he got he got hit pretty hard in that respect and and honestly if it weren't for that he'd probably be higher up my grades but it's just not there but he's certainly big and very fast um for his size which is again we're looking at this that the tight end position if he didn't do so well at the combine maybe had maybe ran a little bit slower and not completely like blown everything up like this might be one of those later round guys that you could you know spend a third or fourth on in your rookie drafts but i'm assuming he probably ends up going a little bit sooner than that so um yeah i'd like to see more production out of him again it's georgia i don't watch georgia play so i don't know if the tight end position is something that they scheme up there for uh receptions i don't i don't really know well i mean they have brock bowers oh yeah so they're absolutely scheming up stuff for their tight ends just not him yeah you're right yeah and that, you know, you can't really fault him for that because they have two of the better tight end, well, not two of the better tight ends in the country, but they have two very good tight end prospects on the team. One who is just a dominant pass catcher, a dominant receiver. So, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's 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 tough to kind of disconnect those two, or or even try to evaluate Darnell Washington with them linked together. It's hard to understand. Like, okay, did he not get the usage because? Brock Bowers is so good or could he not elevate because he's just not good enough in that regard and they used him however they could use him you know like it's it's you just don't know if it's like a chicken or egg thing chicken or what egg. it is yeah. yeah you don't know it's probably because Brock is is him it's exactly yeah. <laughs> exactly it's probably because he's he's the man so with Washington I think I heard he he was asked about who he mo- not who he models his game after but who he would say plays a similar game in the NFL like he does and the only guy you could point to due to the lack of you know players at that position of his size was mercedes lewis which i thought was a pretty good comp like if that's, that's what career. he if that's what he is it's a great career first of all in terms of fantasy you'll get some usefulness out of him if that's what he is so again all these guys we're not reaching for him we're just not doing it but worth knowing who they are worth knowing kind of what to look for and i think I think the guys like Will Mallory, I think, um, you know, Sam Laporta, a couple guys we didn't talk about, Cameron Latu out of Alabama. Like, there's going to be some opportunity in the later rounds and post-rookie drafts to grab some guys. So I wouldn't worry about missing – like, there's going to be some FOMO on this tight end class, 100%, because everybody's talked about how good it is. There's plenty of guys in the middle to late rounds to go after that I wouldn't worry about missing out on – the top end talent here and and because they're going to go in the in the back end of the first or the early second and it's just not worth it go and grab yourself one of these later guys put them on your taxi and see what happens let them marinate there for a little bit <laughs> that's a great great word they're they're like a a piece of meat you want it to that's marinate right. for gotta, a while gotta, that's know, it gotta put it in there get that's that for about three years about three <laughs> about years, three years. Age. <laughs> about three years and put them in the oven 350 but and, and you know honestly something that uh, i did last year which i really got me high on um watch some interviews with these guys watch some interviews see how they talk i think that's something that we got from katie flower you know just like hey see who they are like do they sound like they have a really good head on their shoulders are they taking the interview seriously you know things that they talk about talking about their upbringing things like that like it kind of matters because once you get older in life and just the way i don't want to say this about like sounding stuck up or something but like if you're carrying yourself a certain way like it's going to help you as you go on in life so like all these tight ends here that are not going to be getting drafted in the the first round they're going to have a, a hard road ahead of themselves 
And if they're able to carry themselves and have a really good attitude or head on their shoulders, like they're just going to get you through all the rough times of not being on the field that first season or being stuck behind a veteran that's maybe 32 years old and you think that you should be out there because you dominated in college. But like if they put their head to the grindstone and, you know, grind it out, like that's something that you kind of want to look for. That's really long-winded, but what I'm trying to say is try to watch some interviews and get a feel for who these guys are. I love it. And I think Sam Sam Laporta is one of those guys, if you want good interviews, go watch Sam Laporta out of Iowa. Everybody loves him as as a move tight end, as a guy who can catch passes, but the, the kid just has a great head on his shoulders, and he's he, you can tell he's a good guy. So those are the things you want to see, and I will say, I think this is a good uh, clarification. For them. I'm looking for a different word here, but I think this is a good way to, to kind of think about this is that good interviews and and you know seeing that guys have what the best word for it is but can carry themselves well is more of a plus like i think it's i don't think you should knock guys for not having it as much as you can give them a plus for having it if that makes sense. there you go yeah you know what i mean i do i think if they really have you should give them that plus but if you don't see it if and obviously if it's bad then yes that's one thing if if you're like yo this guy is not carrying himself well like at all like no 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 no. that's one thing but i think it yeah yeah, right. And and you run in, you run into those prospects for sure. But I think for sure. the, you know most part, you shouldn't just like nail guys because you know the perception of like they're if it's not really you know if it's not really solidified or you know whatever. Again, I think it's much more of a plus than it can be a negative. I'm not going to knock guys for not having it. I'm going to really give guys a a nice boost if they do. That's all. I like it. Good clarification. I had like a little bit of word salad, but yeah, you did better than I did. And I didn't. Okay. All <laughs> I right. <know>. Thanks. <laughs> I don't know. Oh boy. All right. Can we just touch on this one thing really quick here? I thought this was an interesting trade. Yep. Let's do it. Cool. It'll be quick. All right. So I actually got this offer. I did not accept it, but I thought it was interesting. I don't even know what to do with it. Rashad Penny and DJ Moore for the 207 this year and a 24 first. Um, man, you know, uh, if Penny didn't have that whole he's never healthy for a whole season thing. Like I like his landing spot. I like where he is there. And I think he'll get every opportunity to be a dude there. And DJ Moore, he just puts up a thousand yards, no matter what he does. It's not bad. You know, if you're a team that's continuing, you know, that 24 first is probably going to be 110, 111. Like I take the players here. Why not? Well, it's my pick. So, you know, it's going to be late. No, <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, boy. But, uh, but yeah, no, I was struggling with this one a little bit. I was like, I don't like it, but it's it's okay like it seems like it's kind of on the fair side penny for 207 dj Moore for next year's first yeah and sure. i think personally yeah like i i think the 207 is a little rich for what penny is but like you said you can definitely convince yourself yo he's gonna get every opportunity there and it's on a great team so mm-hmm. i get that okay let's say it's a wash 24 first for dj Moore. yeah like how can you especially if you if you know for a fact that it's going to at least be in the middle to the end of the first mm-hmm. so you're not giving up like a marvin harrison jr or something crazy like that for dj Moore, it, it kind of it kind of makes sense and i, I don't even like it, it i does. don't know i think i'm gonna try to get it for cheaper because i feel this way about it but it's probably a decent deal yeah and that's just what you do <laughs> they, specifically me yes that is what i do <laughs> Oh, uh, all right that's it stop taking up everybody's time and yours uh, whatever it was a good one but we'll get out of here thank you guys for giving us a listen uh to this week's episode follow us on twitter that is the underdog at uri dawkins at william dff and once josh goldberg gets done with all the boat show stuff he'll be back go ahead and give him a follow on twitter at josh m goldberg 92 join our discord it's fun yes i don't even need to say anything your eyes doing it all for me let's go y'all have a good night peace out fam.